It is Saturday, 13th of November 2021, and this is episode 405 of Digital Outbox. We started our podcast back in June 2009. On that date and forevermore, we have been building, building to a crescendo, to a crescendo that not many podcasts get to. And last week, we reached that crescendo and we didn't (laughs) recognise it at all. Thank you very much to podcast listener Leddy for pointing out that last week was episode 404 and we didn't do anything to celebrate the missing episode. Let's all hold, you know, hold our heads down. Um, I, I like to blame Ian. Ian, what have you got to say for yourself? I've been crushed since Lady pointed this out. Um, and and, and the, the worst bit of this, this, the worst bit of this confession is I never, it just never triggered anything with me at all. But as soon as Lady said it, I was like, I am crushed. And I, exactly the same for me. It's like, oh, it didn't. When we said it, it didn't even ping in that it's something unusual we should be celebrating. We've got to wait another like a hundred and two episodes before we get to the next good error um, before for our podcast. What's, that's the, what's the next good error, Chris? Well, five oh three is is what I'm heading for. Well, that's not hundred and two, are we? That's a, oh well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah, reeling. So we'll better put a, a date in the diary for episode 503, server error. Years away. Yeah. Years away. Anyway, apologies for that. And thanks, Lenny, for pointing that out and destroying ourselves. Because we can't go back. We can't solve it. It is broken forever. And in fact, we should have had a missing episode, shouldn't we? We should have gone from episode 403 to 405. Oh, dear. Let's talk about the news. Microsoft is deciding that it wants to go all virtual. We So they want to enter the, uh, their own metaverse. Uh, so there's now metaverse races between Microsoft and Meta. Um, and they're kind of building that into their team's infrastructure. So what does that actually mean? Well, it's a lot of hot air and guff, really. But ultimately, you're going to be able to put avatars of yourself into meetings and using their... their well, they envisage that using their um, sort of headsets, their HoloLens or whatever... You'll also in future be able to have meetings where you're in sort of a 3D space. Um, correct. So so Facebook came out and did all their metaverse stuff, what, three weeks ago? And it feels like everybody else is, is doing the me too. I'm here. I, I, I can do it. Um, a, a bit of me still gets it. A bit of me thinks they are really... And, and I do think we are, we are building to something, but the technology is not here. The hardware is not here. We've not all got three grand hololenses, you know, that can do mixed reality. And they can't even do it well enough to, to actually deliver what they're promising at the moment anyway. No. I mean some of the I must admit, some of the HoloLens, you know, stuff that I've tried has been really impressive. You know, it really has tricked the brain around the whole yep. you know, it can detect a surface and, you know, drop a glass from a foot and it won't break, drop it and it and it knows it's three foot, it smashes, there's some real intelligence here, but at the moment, I just it feels like yeah, I'm going to have some 3D avatars, and I can you know I can be on video, or I can switch over to this 3D avatar instead, which will you know basically ramp up the fan noise and and kill my connection. But I'll be in some virtual virtual space. 
So they're working on the technology so your camera can read your actual face and hear your actual voice and then translate it into a virtual uh, avatar. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about going into a business company meeting and having some real people and some avatars. I'm not sure it really sits well with me that I don't know, uh, maybe in the newfangled businesses maybe that works well but it just feels a little bit odd um the, a little bit the, the juvenile bit, yeah so the the bit i the bit i can't wrap my head around is, is back to technology it's i'm not going to sit through and i've told you before i'll be sitting through some like three hour sessions i'm not going to put a headset on for three hours i even get annoyed with the with the like the audio headsets on never mind strapping something onto my eyeballs for blooming three hours <laughs> I'm, that's that's a no it's a hard no um i got a, a bit of me gets the whole trying to mimic the in-person office, which is kind of bust for a lot of people. Um, and some ways positive, some ways negative, but it still doesn't feel... It's almost like the part of this future is, yeah, you'll all be in a... If you all go virtual, you know, and that was Facebook's kind of way of presenting it. We'll all go virtual and, and you're kind of... They're trying to sell us... They're trying to sell us the Matrix is what they're trying to do. Yeah. And, and the Matrix has advantages, right? You get on, you know, you can define your life and your world. Uh, it's not the real world, but you can define it. Um, <clears throat> for me, it still feels, as I said last time, uh, very much like the Microsoft early, well, it's a 90s sort of media entertainment hub where they saw the PC being in the lounge with all your TV and media and everything combined through these sort of servers. Uh, and it took... Well, it took over a decade, didn't it, before we even got anything like it. Uh, and it's taken two decades before we've really started to see that convergence of all those technologies into that lounge. So what they're telling us here is that we're going to have Matrix in, yeah, maybe in two decades, we'll be sitting in virtual worlds. And actually, it won't be headsets and, uh, you know, it might be glasses, but it could equally be it's a direct neural injection. I'm sure that's coming. We've had it on minor levels of they can influence your visual cortex and all that kind of stuff so who knows the the <laughs> what the next step is but 20 years is a long time in technology and there's nothing to say they can't start influencing you know our, our you know thought pro not thought process is the wrong word that's that's dodgy <laughs> uh, influencing what we see and how we experience the environment so virtual reality one of the things they're trying to do in even in gaming is trying to give you that sense of movement and they've kind of figured out how they can start doing that by influencing your inner ear to make it feel like you're moving in as you are in the game and, and say whether you find that exciting or frightening uh, that all adds into this metaverse idea of you know being able to be in a, a world that doesn't exist and, and like we said with facebook well not facebook anymore it's meta but what, what they're all chasing is they want to be the one they want to be that platform they don't want to be um i guess the microsoft of the mobile you know, the last sort of 10 years where Microsoft were trying to compete and eventually had to give up and say it's an Apple Android world. Um, Facebook, likewise, don't want to be, none of them want to be, you know, you know second place to, to this this brave new vision. It's, it's, it, you know, when you actually extrapolate out to what it would mean to be in this weird metaverse, I mean, brands, I'm sure brands and things will still exist, right? But there's no need, right? It's all digital. You could have anything you want. Um, and I wonder what that would mean to people as well. Whether it, I guess for brands, that's a dodgy thing. You know, when you, when you move away from the physical into this virtual realm, everything becomes, you know, whatever you want. You can have the biggest house you like. It doesn't matter, does it? And, and um, you know, so there's like, like TV manufacturers must feel this is an absolute threat because that whole vision of put a, you know, headset glasses or whatever way of injecting a stream into your eyeballs, I don't need a screen anymore. 
you know, there's going to be sky eyeballs. They're going to do yeah. um, But but it's I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of hardware companies going. You know, they will disrupt me if we are not careful. So what? Yeah, because if it's high enough resolution that your eyes can't tell the difference, yep. it doesn't. Yeah, what difference does it make? Yeah. Mm. And we've also seen Microsoft and Meta, though, announce integration deals between Teams and Workspace. So these are the two, obviously, competing type platforms at the moment, but they are talking together and saying, how about we try and help each other here by putting each other in, in each other's workplace? Um, and that's that's an interesting discussion to happen early between these two mega corporations. Especially as Microsoft have got the corporate market, Facebook clearly don't. They, you know. I'm trying to think if they, I guess they make money off advertising and there'll be other lots of corporate deals they, they do, but they don't make money off of, um, you know, like collaboration from a work perspective. Well, they don't install stuff into the work environment. They are important, in fact, essential in the old marketing mix for selling products, right? You know, they are a uh, massive advertising platform, but they don't, you don't have a bit of software they want to install into a corporation, no, do they? But, 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 you know, they've got nothing compared to like the office products. You know, exactly, and, exactly. and the other thing is, you could argue, you know, the use of WhatsApp is is disrupting a lot of the ways of, you know, talking and collaborating in a workplace environment. They've got their portal product, you know, so from a video perspective, but that all felt quite home targeted. So it was a, it was interesting that you know, Facebook have come out first two three weeks ago, uh, Microsoft did their thing a couple of weeks ago, and then three four days later, there's this team up announcement, and it's a. I do wonder if it's like, you know, enemy of my enemy as is, is, yeah, is a friend so. type thing. You know, it's not Google and it's not Apple. They've probably also realized quite how much you have to invest in this and actually having an investment war rather than a collaborative effort is, is so expensive. We've seen so many times, you know, two technologies, you amount their money and research development and effort that goes into it. And then one of them wins out, but it's not always the best, you know, and, and, and so it, why not collaborate? Yeah, and it works. I mean, Microsoft strategy has moved on from the we want to be dominant to we will be everywhere so it does make sense yeah. that we'll say we'll be on that platform if you go and buy an Oculus Quest and you're in the workplace environment of course you can fire up Teams of course you can fire up you know other Microsoft products why wouldn't you want to do that they're also going to be in schools or that's their hope they are like they have spec'd up $250 laptops to sort of compete with uh, Google Chromebooks these have got Windows 11 SE um, and that's schools and educational edition I think that stands for SE stands for lots of things around different platforms but this one is schools and education um, and yeah it's so it's basically a, a cheap and repairable laptop that is quick to configure and it has all the lockdown that teachers need to be able to configure what goes on and doesn't go on that laptop and what happens on that laptop. Um, yeah. So again, wanting to not seed market to Google. Um, I've not. I was trying to find out more about what's really. So I think it's had really locked down Windows Eleven as well. So I think it's pretty limited in what you can do. Uh, there was even some people talking about it might not work outside. You know, it might not work well outside of like a school's environment. It's almost like you can do your homework on it. And there's not I think much else. If, if you think of all that, op if by having an open computer, you think of all that thing that opens up, you know, is is all dodgy. When actually, they these machines are supposed to be for that that kind of learning. As long and ultimately, if it's got a, a browser, and that's what you know, a Chromebook is essentially is a browser, right? So if, you can do all those kind of school 
infrastructures now include all the kind of online learning tooling and, and whatever that you kind of just need to log in via a browser and so this will add an extra layer of protection on top of that i can see that that being a sensible approach it's one approach to allowing every school kid to have something when it's you know it's within the realms of you know a budget that is allowable for a kid and it's all tied i mean a lot of the microsoft product is now in the cloud you know so it's all tied into their 365 and online portals so so they can you know like you say about chromebook it being a browser on a bit of hardware they can do the same you know probably stripping out quite a lot of the windows and i've got windows 11 installed now and it's like well I've not, I've not ever tried it. Never, yeah, never it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Because it does feel like a skin on top of things. And some things look really nice. And then there's bits that have just not touched. And it's like, mm. ooh, it does feel like the old skin where you would find, I, I don't know if you remember, or, or you did it, you'd have like, I don't know, 100 icons, but you can only find a pack to cover like 80. So you would get all that skinned, and then there was all these ones that you that, oh, Winamp's not got a bloody icon that matches this one, and it just, and it, it felt like that, you know, moving around. It was a scaled up eight by eight pixel version yeah. of the logo, yeah, and it yeah. felt it felt like that using Windows Eleven. It was like this is um, this is an, and and I tried I, I tried for you know a couple of days keeping with the central. Now they've moved to the central Windows, you know, start button type idea. I was like, no, my brain's too ingrained and. The, you know, it's... Ah, uh, you're too old. I, I, but clearly. Thanks for that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny as a, as, a, as a massive technology launch in the operating system from Microsoft, the fact that I'm not bothered, just haven't looked at it. I'm happy with Windows 10 right now. Um, and my machine probably can't even run Windows 11 and I'm not interested in upgrading it right now. Thanks very much. So... Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing how you know it used to be a day one purchase in the operating system, right? If your machine could run it, it was kind of a you know. I remember going out buying XP from a. I can't. Even, I think I bought it from Game. How weird so is I, that? So I bought XP and even ninety five. I remember, remember actually buying these things in the in the it was in the realms of lickable buttons, wasn't it? It was those buttons that looked like little candies, like that green. Um, Apple were doing those sort of see through blue that's buttons right. on their website that and looked like green, gel. There was a green, and, yeah, rounded corner uh, start button. That's right. So it looked like it did look a button you could press, and they were the days we actually had freaking buttons in operating systems rather than chromeness. I never thought I liked them, but um, but oh, oh. they they looked like little gel tablets, didn't they? Uh, little sweeties. Okay, I'll see you for it. <laughs> twitter blue has launched in the us and new zealand this uh is their new upgraded sort of account that allows people to i think like people can subscribe is that right to you but do you have to pay for your account I, i'm trying to work out all the money so you pay for your account people can subscribe to it but it gives you extra features as well yeah so you're you're paying twitter three dollars a month so this is like like this is their premium service that lots of people have been asking for you know and Remember when they messed around with algorithms and started, we'll tell you what you want to see rather than just giving me the feed that I, that I want. Um, and, and people were saying, let me let me go paid, turn off adverts and and give me control of my feed. I'm happy to pay for that because I get value from it. Um, and it's not quite that. So this is, uh, I think it's Canada, Australia only right now. Um, as I said, three dollars a month. It's an iOS, it's Android and web. But it's also different features on. Pla- it's not all. Right. It's, they've not got all the features on all the platforms. Yeah, it's not all plumbed in. Yeah. So it's it's like an early launch, um, and it lets you. It, it's got a couple of things that are I thought were odd. From, from you know, it's like a, a bookmark organizer. I was like, is that 
Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that really what people are really looking for from a subscription service? Um, you maybe for like news organisations or something. You do maybe. bookmark things to go back to. I don't uh, know. Maybe um, you'll get early access to to Twitter Labs, so new features will come to you first. So it's like, thanks, I'm paying to do a beta, beta tester. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, do you remember an app called Nuzzle? And and because you're not an iOS, it maybe never Nuzzle was a, a really good news aggregator. And it gave you cleaned up, you know, bits of news. And Twitter bought it, I think, about a year, eighteen months ago. It's now back, and it's actually got actually, you know, good press from what they launched. It's um, you can see basically the top articles that it's, I think they've tied in with three hundred different, you know, paid subscription services. So you're getting actual value, and you know, you get all these, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I've done an American paper that's behind a paywall. But it's surfacing up through Nuzzle, and it's it's like you can you can you can read it easily. But then it was like getting into the, the weird bits. It's like an iOS you can customize the app icon. I'm like, mm, okay, okay. I, I I get that. Um, and there's also um, an undo button. Yeah, so it's not a real undo button, though, is no. it? Or rather, it is, an, it is an undo button, as in if the tweet hasn't fully been published, it will retract oh, that publishing process. It, yeah, so it's just basically once you've hit tweet. It's not publishing it for 20 seconds and letting you undo that because you spot your typo. It's not an edit button. It's not an undo button. It's just, it's a delayed post button for, for, for me. So it's a scheduled post for 20 seconds yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, as I said, the biggest bit seems to be around about the, the kind of news bit and people were saying this is quite nice and um, and a bit, yeah, it's Twitter Labs, so there's like 10 minute video uploads, but you want to get that on the web. You don't get that on iOS. You don't get that on Android. What it, what it feels like will be in six months, it will we'll know whether it's worthwhile to pay for those additional features. They'll have settled in. People, you know, you, you might have seen a thing, and maybe reorganizing your stream into a different method is the, you know, yeah, I mean, does it even have any of that? Because it talked about news aggregation and stuff that it had been removed and put back, but so. Can you put your tw- timeline back into time order? You can do that already. So you can. Okay, so going you, you can go into the official app and say, "Show me that." But there's always been a bit of um, suspicion that Twitter, you know, turns that off from time to time or an app update, you know, deselects it. And I think a lot of it's just urban myth stuff. Uh, I I must admit, I still use a third party app, um, but I do delve into the official app from time to time. And it does, because sometimes you know that that whole I, I can't I can't keep up. You know, there's like a thousand posts within the last six hours. I'm not going to go through all that. So if I you know if I'm sometimes I'll just say give me the last two hundred because I know there's an event happened, it's a bit of sport happening, or there's something big big newsworthy things happened, and I'll look there. Um, but I'll just go to the, the official Twitter app, and it will be like, oh, geez, he's posted for the first time in nine and a half months, and, it, and it'll show you the tweet. <laughs> Real, real story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, all right. Well, like I say, six months. I think we'll know a bit more yeah. about that. Yeah, and I don't think I, I don't think there's anything there right now that I'm like I'd be desperate for. There's nothing. I, I'm, the nuzzle bit interests me because that news aggregation is always a. I do like to stay on top of news. I like you know I'm a, a, if that if that became a good source, then I'd be interested. Google has started making its rollout for alternative in-app payments. And this is starting in South Korea, where they've got some laws that mean they have to do it sooner by the sounds of things. Um, So 
when you are buying stuff, say in the Play Store, instead of having just a single purchase option, there will come up with multiple different purchase options for you to click on. So you don't have to select the the Google Play. Um, however, what it doesn't do is remove charges, the Google charges. It um, it reduces them. So if you choose Google Pay, then you'll be paying the full fifteen percent um, developer cost um, for using the service and if you choose another payment provider it seems like it's going to reduce by four percent so there'll be 11 percent charge from google plus whatever you have to pay your provider to make that transaction happen so it's kind of split up what they're saying their charge is into two pieces and they are willing to let you have a button but they're still going to take a chunk and i guess well what's your opinion on it i'd be interested to see what your opinion is so everybody thought Apple were going to have to do this first because they've been under so much pressure around their, you know, thirty percent and fifteen percent, and we, we treat everybody the same, and they're the, they're the ones that got the most attention. But you know, this was a law passed in South Korea, so Google have stepped up and said, "Well, here's what we're doing," um, and and basically they will get their money either way. Um, in some cases, it might actually be more for developer to move away from using Google Pay. Um, well, I'm sure that's what they're aiming to do. And, and, and this has always been the this has always been the kind of argument from you know probably more more I was going to say more openly, but probably more in courts from an Apple perspective. They will get their money one way or another. If you don't let us do it via the App Store, and if you force us to you know bring in a different App Store or a different payment method, we will get our money a different way. And Google are in the same place and they've done it first. Um, so. So they're basically saying the credit card transaction out of the 15% we currently charge is 4%. And there's other payment providers actually charge 5 and 10%. And all they do is, is, is payment. They're doing nothing else. So if you do move away from Google Pay, then you're potentially paying more as a developer. So it looks like they're being open. But when you look at the financials, most people will probably just stick with using Google. So, and and that's obviously the position that they're deliberately putting it in. They, you know, that have chosen that percentage for that very reason. So, infrastructure for holding an app store, for validating, vetting, testing, deploying, allowing trillions of downloads of apps, basically, all comes at a cost. Yeah, and the. The million dollar question or the billion trillion dollar question is how much is that cost? Uh, and then obviously the payment processing on top of that adds another layer of cost. So they have determined that, yes, 4% is that cost level for them, knowing that most payment providers will probably charge end up charging more than that uh, for small transactions because these are small transaction fees as well. And that's, you know, oftentimes you'll see with payment providers, it's, you know, 20p per transaction plus 2% of the actual you know cost of the whatever the good is uh, and and if it's a t- microtransaction 20 you know 20 pence is a massive chunk of you know a pound pro, you know thing it's it, the percentage charges are high uh, and they and they've probably made that deliberately the, the way it is but nevertheless we can't disregard that they have got massive infrastructure costs to support their apps and the app store and the the protections that we demand from an app store, which means we're happy to download a product knowing that it's not just going to infect us with it. Well, sometimes it does infect with a virus, but they're, they're kind of rare stories, right? Uh, yes. I just It's just one of those where I've always felt the 30% has been too high. 15% feels more realistic. 
Um, and it'll be interesting to just see where both Apple and Google eventually end up selling. Because it's clear, it's clear they did deals for you know Netflix and other people in the past and Amazon. So it's clear that the deals have been done, even though Apple have, have I, 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 and I'm saying this, and surely they've not. But they in court said they haven't done it. But there's written evidence showed that there was, and it was like, am I? Are they just using clever legal speak to, to get it'll out of this? It'll be clever terms in the it'll be uh, clever terms in the documents which yeah. say this isn't uh, that transaction fee; it's another one. Yeah. yeah. So this is South Korea only. I think we I think this is the first because I've been forced there. We're going to see European legislation. I think land in the next probably twelve months. It will force similar things. Um, I think UK will be in a different place again because we're we're a different entity now outside the outside the EU. Um, the the big bit will be probably what happens in America because I think if, you know we, yep. we saw it with GDPR. You know, once one of these, once one of the kind of European or America land on something, they, that kind of forces right. If we're doing it for that size of region, which is uh, this is now worldwide. Yeah. We've already got to do it there, so let's do it yeah. somewhere else as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, and yeah, and in the same week, we have seen Google win its one. Uh, well, sorry, yeah, win the appeal against the class action suit. So this was a while back. Um, Safari added some protections from allowing people to be data tracked, but there was there were workarounds as there often are with these things. In how do you get around the browser restrictions? And Google employed that sort of getting around those browser restrictions as part of their operations. And a class action suit was brought against Google. Uh, in the UK um, for for that for the you know with those people to say hey you've uh, infringed our privacy um, but the high court has ended up saying uh, we don't do class action suits in this country um, we don't like this and we're going to reject it um, you know if and and well and that's kind of where it sits at the moment I believe so class action, there was some changes in laws that started to allow class actions to happen here because it's not a, it isn't a UK thing. It's always an American thing, you know. It's like, so even things like you know games releasing with bugs, you'll hear people like, right, there's a class action being launched against you know a game developer. You're like, Jesus Christ, that's that. But just that just seems you know nutty America for you. More news on that later. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Have you joined that class? No, um, but but. That, so this seems to have got more press because, so yes, Google have won its appeal, but it's more damaging to law firms who were hoping this, this was like the first foot in the, foot in the, the, the water around, we're going to launch lots of class actions, uh, you know, in the UK. And you know, almost... And they won at the first level of court, right? They, it, they, absolutely. They were, they got and and yeah. it basically, would, for me, would mean any any like class actions that you heard about launching in America, you would see a lot, you know, a legal firm here would be like, right, if we can... We'll go and represent, you know, the, you know, hundreds or thousands of people in the in the UK that have got this issue and have complained to us and come join this class action and put your name down and you'll be part of the winning at the end. And I'm ultimately, I think, quite comfortable with not going down too much of a class action route. I think it I'd, feels on the face of it, I agree. It, it just feels grubby. It feels. You know, I haven't I haven't thought it through fully, no. and there are situations we do see similar things in like the money um, issues that we had with uh, PPE scandal and all those kind of things. They end up being a class action type suit that anyone can claim against uh, if they've been affected, and and so it's not that we don't have those kind of things, but it's not 
a, a class action suit all the time about everything. It's it's a quite a rare. And, 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 I think, and I think that's why it's like on the surface I agree, but there's 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 issues where it's like you know if the local water supply had been you know. It's it's been you know it's you can prove that you know your health's been impacted because a you know a water company or the council or whoever hadn't done what they should have been doing. That to me feels like quite rightly that local area should be able to form a group, do a class action rather than doing individual claims. Get some power, yeah. And, and, that, and that, that, that that's where I think there's a fine line. Where I think a lot of the tech ones, and I'm sure there's other media ones. It's just ludicrous. It's just it's just ripping it. Uh, plus it yeah it it kind of destroys the business market because if you've got to constantly be lawyered up and all the all the phrases we hear from america it suddenly becomes really complicated doesn't it uh, but in the same week, Google also, the same period, Google has failed to overturn its EU's um, 2.42 billion shopping antitrust decision. So this is again back in 2017. Um, the European court found that um, it, Google had abused its dominance in search on a shopping comparison uh, service by promoting its own shopping and, and uh, sale channels and demoting rivals in certain situations. Uh, and they found uh, you know for the complainant and therefore uh yeah this 2.42 billion was imposed and and google hasn't managed to overturn that uh, no i'm now into uh so google has tried to downplay this as like this isn't significant it's like but it's significant enough that a it's 2.4 billion and b you've been appealing it for four years so that's a lot of money that you're you're you're, you're trying to downplay whereas yelp but like season on this saying right we can now use this. It's almost like they're using this as that's a test case finally agreed. We can now use this as a as a bit of a a bit of a weapon against you know because because I think Yelp have been they feel really salty around some of the, the activity that Google have done over the years. Um, as, as do others. You know, it's not just Yelp. There's lots of small businesses feel they have been, um, you know, put to the sword by Google's Google's activity, and we're seeing it at Amazon as well. It's not just it's it's not just a Google thing. You know, Amazon looks like there's the evidence there that if you're a small business selling, I don't know, widget X, and it's and it's up there and it's selling lots. Amazon will then demote you and make its own product and kill your business. They did um, sort of they they shrunk the finding a little bit in that it said it was only really related to these small micro search services rather than search in general uh and and so it doesn't it doesn't affect their kind of main search business it just affects these sort of specialist additional search items that we've seen on there that affect that will have the european union says provably affects the market and, and does have anti-competitive outcomes even if the initial reason for doing these things is not to be anti-competitive the outcome is such that you know that, that it has that effect um yeah so i think i think that protects probably the majority of you know google's search business you know from being being damaged but um there's a, I mean, it's like lawyer-wise, they've now got a number of other appeals that they're now going through with the EU. You know, this is all around yep. Android, AdSense, um, other other investigations of its ad technology, um, plus antitrust cases in America as well. So it's it's getting pretty murky. Um, you know, just just because we seem to remember we had a period, probably. What 2014, 2015, 2016? There was lots. Probably halfway to the uh, 404 missing. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have got a solution for how we get round the 404 issue. 
start a new podcast and then 12 years' Just time, bra- yeah. we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll okay. remember it this time. <laughs> Simple. I'll be 60. Jesus Christ. Oh, crikey. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I now wish I hadn't thought of that solution and said 12 years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, dear. Uh, let's say in more court news, Apple versus Epic. Um, uh, Apple had asked um, to delay the implementation of the, um, I think it was cost cuts and whatever else needed to happen as far as that. What was, no, sorry? this is just them allowing you to link to another website to see you here. Uh, so, and, and, oh, and, even so, so users can tell their users, yeah. Yeah, sorry, and, an app can tell their users that you can go and buy this elsewhere for cheaper. So Apple wanted to delay it and then said it should also be tied and that you can't enforce this until you know Epic are appealing against the, because I think there was 10 bits to this and Apple won nine of them. And so Epic have lost nine of them. So Epic are appealing all that. So Apple said, A, it's going to take a long, you know, a lot of engineering effort to implement this ability to link to a website from the App Store. Um, to stop our descriptions from not being able to link yeah, to a website. Yeah. Um, and, and while we're laughing about it, I think lots of people are speculating that what they want to do is do it via some sort of API so they can potentially monitor slash monetize it. So they don't just want to say, right, you can put in a hyperlink. It's like uh, you need to call our API that allows you to do this. Just call applelink2.com. Yeah. But they wanted to wait until Epic had done all its appealing, which could take four, five, six years. And again, the judge was like, no. <laughs> no Go on with it. So I think they're talking about it now. Is it December? Yeah. So they're 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 doing they're going to go to a different appeals court, which I, I don't know if that just means a different state or whether it's a more senior court. But they're going to appeal again, and if that fails, then they need to make changes by 9th of December, because that's ninety days since the initial ruling was handed down. So they are running out of time. Yeah, it's not long away now, is it? Yeah, and I'm I you know we we joke about the size of the. Uh, the, you know the problem how, how how difficult it is to have a link but i'm sure there is <laughs> quite a sizable engineering effort especially in an end-to-end system to there'll, have it. there'll be effort but i think it'll be more the the politics and try to understand the how do we make sure that this isn't you know impacting. how do we minimize the effect yeah, of this? yeah yeah and if we do this what's the repercussions do we need to then do it elsewhere is they don't want to back themselves into a corner exactly. that they then have to, yeah scum yeah. <laughs> YouTube removing <laughs> dislike counts from videos across its platform. So uh, decision, so th- it can still collect a dislike. It just won't show that uh, number, the total number of dislikes to people because it affects how people's videos and channels are perceived. And quite well, recently it's, there's been a growth in the dislike attacks, which is existing. Well, is it? <laughs> new channels get loads of dislikes and it can be just because an existing channel has told its users to go and dislike new you know these other videos or whether that's surreptitiously or used bots or just got their kind of yeah viewership to go and try and get rid of the competition so that they're, they're decided by removing the number from displaying it kind of stops that influencing factor of someone looking at a video or seeing that it's got 10,000 dislikes and not and then not bothering with it yeah, yeah, I'm I'm conflicted in this one because initially I was like, "This is a good thing," um, because it's like you say, there's, you know, people that so we're seeing it more and more, and we're seeing it in things like Netflix, and we're seeing it in things like IMDb. You know, a film will come out, like Star Wars came out, and the real diehard Star Wars 
fans hated that there was a person of colour was one of their lead actors, you know, so it was like, boo, you know, dislike, you know, vote it down. Even before it was out, it was like, you know, same with Rotten Tomatoes. So there's more and more of these kind of like, you know, something doesn't doesn't tie up with the mob, you know, and how they think. We'll, we'll go and, you know, you know, dislike something or negative about it. So I was kind of like, you know, that kind of makes sense. But then there's the other side where it's like, but what about the people that are genuinely disliking, um, you know, like anti-vax conspiracy theories? And you want to see that actually there is more people disliking this than liking it. I know, I, I, you know, YouTube algorithm has surfaced this content, and is this actually trustworthy or not? And I, and I, that, that's the whole problem. They've removed one of the signals, and and it's uh, also the signals for the videos where it's clickbait video which is 20 yeah. minutes of intro and five seconds of actual content it, get rid of that dislike dislike uh, yeah so that, so there's there's so i can't it's one of those i i get the pr bit i get why for a lot of people this will be a, and, and so instagram removed their, their kind of you know if you want to turn off your like count you can do because people started you know, it became an obsession why is this why is this content not liked as much as the previous content and it's a pretty pretty horrible world to be in, but unfortunately for a lot of the influencers, that's how they make money. It was all around how much they are liked compared to everybody else. As ever, like and dislike doesn't really allow... The, that's very black and white in a world of very much shades of grey, isn't it? Yeah, because so, yeah, yeah. you might just dislike one little bit of something and you, you know, and, and it, there's no yeah, facility uh, to yeah. do that. So, so yeah, I am, I am conflicted. I, I think... On on the surface, it looks like a sensible thing to do, but I am conscious when I look at YouTube. I do look at both counts, and I'm always. Oh, I quite like it when it validates. I'm looking at something going, "This is a bit of a rubbish video," or "I don't like the content of this." And I'm normally a little bit of validation that, "Oh yeah, okay, other people have seen that as well." You know, and and part of me wants to say that I can trust myself that I was if I was watching content, I'd be like, "Hold on, why is this? Why why is this?" But you don't. It's almost reassuring to know that other people are exactly. <laughs> thinking the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. I, I don't know. There's a there's a definite other side of the coin with this one that, you know, because because does this then let them off the hook round? Because they get criticised a lot around their algorithm and what they surface. <clears throat> if you can no longer see the dislikes, you know, it just takes a whole, you know, it takes a whole kind of like. You know, is it pressure or is it, you know, is it a negative about YouTube itself? Because they have picked up a lot of negativity around why are you promoting these videos? Time will tell. Unity has uh, bought Weta Digital. Weta Digital, famous um, VFX company, famous for Peter Jackson's sort of creations. So Lord of the Rings, um, Avatar, etc. So massive, massive firm. 1.625 billion. Um, but yeah, Unity buying that is uh, quite an interesting um, twist. Um, yeah, and I think I, I said earlier on I was wasn't going to you know I was going to wang on about about that meta and metaverse and all that. I think it's related to that. The, the, so the gaming industry is bigger than the movie industry, and Weta has always been mostly focused on movie industry. But is this is this about? trying to then have digital assets that straddle both is this about 3d assets over 2d assets well if you think about it they're famous for movies that create worlds exactly yeah so you know they are literally with vfx creating whole worlds and environments you know avatar obviously was complete digital creation 
So, yeah, I, I, they, definitely, I think there's Unity, for, for those who don't know, obviously a massive um, sort of gaming platform provider. It's like, you know, loads of games are made by the Unity stuff, I think. Um, I'm right in saying so yeah it's an interesting angle and I think you're right that there's definite direction to a lot of the things we're hearing in the news at the moment uh, yeah and because because you could argue a lot of the you know like Fortnite you could argue is already a metaverse you know there's you people go there to just hang out you know the game in the secondary they'll go and watch a trailer you know there's been film launches and you know music concerts and you could argue things like Fortnite are a bigger metaverse right now than Facebook is, you know, or anything that Microsoft have built, even though they've been talking about this for, you know, 10 years or whatever. It's avatars living in a world uh, and yeah, living yeah. and, you um, know, chatting and, you know, arguing and fighting. Yeah. And they've also, the same things they've as... also said, you know, kind of like, we're leaving it alone, you know, so, 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 so Weta will still, too, Meta, Weta, there's too, <laughs> too much summer, <laughs> but Weta's going to be left alone to do what they do. Um, so it does feel like you know is this a is it a IP is it content is it 3D is it tooling is there something that both companies were were working on in the background that it was like this would just make more sense if we were one company. Yep, Netflix um, has officially got games now, um, so you can play games via your Netflix account, but it is. It's an and it's only an Android at the moment. Is that right? I think you have to log into the Android app the, to get hold of them, and then their native apps—they're not sort of streamed or anything. Uh, yeah, so they launched an Android first, and I think this is all back to how Apple controls. You can't really stream games, and you know, or you can't sell games without being charged thirty percent each time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so initially, they came out on Android, and then they came out on iPhone and iPad a few days later. Um, and an interesting bit is. You can actually use in-app purchase as well so they support that so netflix famously used to be part of the apple store you know and you could buy your netflix subscription and they had a they, they had a deal you know so whether it was five you know five percent ten percent it wasn't thirty percent whereas everybody else was doing the thirty percent um and then netflix probably because they got big enough when they got to i don't know 100 million subscribers and everybody knew what netflix was they went we don't need to give us this, this percentage anymore don't need your app store um, we'll just tell people because on Apple you're not allowed to tell people to go to netflix.com but everybody would just go to netflix.com and know what to do um, that, that's the, again that's the advantage of these big firms that establish a brand that can do that whereas if me and you launched I don't know, digital outbox streaming service, people wouldn't know to go to our website to go and sign up it would yep. just be like why can't I sign up in the app what's going on here um, but no, they've, they've, they've launched now an iPhone and iPad, um, and it's they're all tied back to Netflix's IP. So this feels like, again, Netflix saying streaming's not enough. We need to cover a, a number of different bases now. It just feels an odd one. I think we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago that it just doesn't feel like a strong, you know, huge play. You know, there's nothing, a game coming out is not going to keep me tied to Netflix. No. Well, until yeah, until they they get that killer game, which does. Uh, but maybe. I don't think I don't think um, mobile devices in general have those killer games just yet. You know, they they they're very much still pick up, play, throw away kind uh, of games. Yeah, and it's all, yeah. It's, so, and it's tied around mostly Stranger Things and shooting hoops and card. You know, it's like almost almost just like a couple of you know like really simple games. But there's it's a toy in the market. It's a toe in the market, and 
before things have you know kicked off again it just means that when you're subscribing to netflix you're getting these additional benefits and for some people that might be enough you know some delay news um Valve has delayed its Stream Deck 2022. So originally that was going to be sort of this year. Um, so it was a, it what didn't have an actual date, but it was this year. And now it looks like they have been given a date, and it's going to be February 22. So next February. Um, so two months slippage, and they're blaming yeah the the international shipping crisis that we've got going on right now. Yeah, global supply chain, chip shortages. Um... So I I don't think anybody was particularly surprised because we'd 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 gotten in November, and it was like mm, usually you'd start. There's not enough build up. Yeah, you'd start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and fair enough, you can't buy one. You know, they're all they're all sold out. So they're sold out of their initial runs, um. But it still felt like they would have been seeding some. You know, here's some hardware with somebody and starting to build up some buzz, um. And and I mean, Sony they've they've. Um, decreased expected sales in PlayStation 5 because they're still struggling to make them. Sony is struggling to make them. Microsoft is struggling to make them. You can't pick them up. Just You can't just go into a shop, which you'd have definitely thought by now. You could just go into a shop and pick them up. You can't. You have to hunt around and even then you're unlikely to be successful because especially Christmas season, everyone's looking for them. Um, but equally, so as well as the Stream Deck, we had the play date um, has been delayed. Now, many of you won't know what the play date is, but it's... Uh, <laughs> It's a little device made by Panic, which is an Apple, a uh, very strong Apple developer, actually. But they made this little cute device that plays little mini games and it's going to release new games every is it month or week. I'm week. not even sure. Uh, every week. Um, and they were due to, again, ship this year, but they are not going to manage that. And now they are going to ship 2022 is what they're saying. Um, yeah. So that's uh, and and the you know the email so I've got one in pre order I've got a Steam Deck in pre order as well but I think I'll probably cancel the Steam Deck it just too many too many devices you know when I look at the I don't have enough time to do what, whatever I've got right now it, but it, it's, I found it intriguing you know, it was intriguing enough to like it uh, is intriguing yeah let's have a punt um, but the play date there was there was just something about it you know because it was it's black and white um, but, that's cute but it was it was it was a cuteness. I, I, you know, I, I kind of love and trust Panic, and if I looked at some of the developers that had signed up, it was like they're, they're, there's potential there that there might be some real nuggets. Um, they fluffed the pre-orders initially because I couldn't do one, and they said we're going to look at trying to. Is there a way that we can, you know, because they could tell who was impacted because you could see the, you know, they've obviously could see the transaction. It was people. It, it was people in a queue and doing a transaction that then got bumped at the last second, which meant that they didn't get their yeah. pre-order. Right? So, so yeah, basically, okay. lots of lots of people in the UK and Europe were, were all bumped, um, and then they were like, "No, there's nothing we can do, but we'll let you buy the speaker that's coming out ahead of everybody else as a as a as a <laughs> kind of thank you, which is which is fine." They sent an email out. The first twenty odd paragraphs are all around. Here's the battery issues we've got. Here's this horrible, you know, we've picked a CPU that who knew is really constrained. Um, so they've retooled um, to a different CPU. I, I, this is a this is the problems of the crazy chip shortages. You know, when I was sorting my my next car, it was like um, don't buy one with a sunroof because we can't get chips for the sunroof. It, it's, it's, it's all as wow, that's amazing, as that. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but it. it... It's also a, a, a statement of the the new um, pre-sale before a product even exists. You know, that kind of, yeah, you know, 
people signing up for a product just because of the who's making it rather than actually just wanting to buy a product so all these things that happen naturally in product development and problem you know product cycles happen in public because you know there's a thirsty public it's, ready it's, for your device it's, it's the kickstarter effect so we've all we've all signed up to a lot of stuff well we've seen all so i've signed up to quite a few kickstarters and almost every one of them has been late um, every one of them has got some over oh, hit the snag we've got a shipping problem we've had to go find a different supplier for ink or for paper or for you know whatever the hardware is that you've ordered and part of me doesn't mind that i i, I kind of expect it so I'm, I'm never really that you know disappointed i think the one the one that i kind of remember was i think there was a an iphone case and they eventually got it shipping two weeks before the next iphone came out so I think a lot of people were like what's the point you know, we're, we're done. Um, so yeah, a little, little disappointed that that that, that the play date, like the, the galling thing for me is, and the, the reason I mentioned the kind of the international orders were fluffed. I am now second half of next year. That's all they're committing to. Wow. And you're like, oh, okay. So initially, I was like, initially, I wasn't this year, and it was early twenty two. And even then, I was like, so I'm not getting that. You know, you that surprise of there's a weekly game coming out and enjoying it with everybody else. I'm not saying it's spoiled, but it's just kind of out there. Um, but yeah, second half of 22, you're like, oh, you're not even, you don't even know where you are in, in that bit. It could be December, could be a year and a bit away. We could all be in the metaverse by then. Could be. Um, so, but I, I'm, I'm still going to keep the play date. Um, whereas I think the Steam Deck I'll ditch. Big game news this week. Forza Horizon 5 got released and to much um, critical acclaim. So it received glowing reviews, bigger, better, more expansive, more content, uh, fun, incredible environments, crazy, you know, graphics look great. Um, and we bought in and we, in fact, as well as our game purse, game purse, game pass version, uh, we enhanced it with all the kind of additional content that you can get so we could play it early. And I have been, I mean, Forza is my metaverse right now because I am pretty much living there. Um, and as a, as a game, as a technical feat, as a, you know, environment, it, it feels very familiar, but it's, in, it is incredibly well, you know, conceived as a as a game um but we have had some problems but i'm wondering what you think of it as a game first before we get onto the sort of online aspects of it Um, i think technically it's it's you know you can see the step up from the previous one i think the you know the the graphics are great sounds great the one thing i will say is i'm finding this one really familiar to four um i don't i don't mean that in a negative way it's just it does feel like more of the same, and I don't know if it's because we're absolutely rinsed for. Um, so, and and also it's it's very needy. So I find it a very needy. It's almost like you know you must do this. I'm telling you, Ian, you must do this, and then you're getting some women in my Ian. You really must go and do this, and it's like actually I, I don't. I, so it feels quite. Neat. And I think when you break down, a lot of games are like that. You know, you they're, they're introducing you how you do things and wanting you to turn a lot more that the content that is there is huge i mean the, the amount of content i can't fault um and actually I've, I've been really really enjoying it um you know i think it's a really you know it's a great release and I, again technically you know whether you put it in quality mode or performance mode and i think that that 
that changes it from 30 to 60 frames per second and maybe drops some of the fidelity. I just think it looks astounding. You know, I just drop in and think, what a great looking game. So, yeah, uh, exactly the same as you. There's nothing that I don't know how to do already in the game. Uh, so even the new features they've introduced is nothing revolutionary. That means that I don't, I, I can, I feel like I know exactly what I need to do and how I need to do it. And consequently, that's meant that I can dive right in and I've absolutely screamed through everything. Like, I think I played the first two games and quite quickly in succession, I had that same kind of jaded feel of, this just feels like Forza 4 extended. And that's kind of, again, where I am with it. Uh, that doesn't mean to say, I'd say i put so many hours into it it's ridiculous and embarrassing almost um how how far into the game i am but equally i have already got to that point where i'm skipping content to go to the next race and uh, i'm not bothering yeah. to drive there anymore oh, yeah, and, yeah. you know and and i will soon get to the point where i'm just deliberately skipping to go and get a, a, a board rather than oh there's another board to smash or whatever so there's lots of different things that uh, i know there's still a lot to go but equally i've seen everything that the game has to offer today um and the only other thing that i think we've got to talk about is the online aspects of it which they have had a launch like no other they said that there's something like uh, i think three to four times the number of people playing this release than, than any other horizon and you know even four whatever uh, and it's caused some pretty big issues with certainly party play uh online and we've ha we've not really been able to have a good evening of consistently strong races because uh, we've had connection issues we've had uh, game glitches we've had disconnects and 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 ultimately it's it's felt a little bit annoying and it's definitely tarnished what was definitely a shining gem of a, a game I agreed i mean i i'll be honest i cannot remember the first few weeks of forza horizon 4 um cause I, but, but there's lots of you know lots of you know, forum posters saying pretty much the same thing happened at the launch of 4. There was disconnects, there was connectivity issues. We didn't really play at the beginning of Forza 4. If you remember, we kind of came, we played it, stopped, and then we came back to it as an online game. I think, I think, and that's, and I think that's the problem. We, we came in where it was really well bedded in and it just, everything just worked. Whereas this has been, um, and, and we're seeing the online piece, the bit that, that, that was a really annoying sort of sort of day one, day two, day three was the kind of because because it's a connected game, you know. It's even if you don't play online racing, um, you're still connected and you see other players, and you would be racing along and it would pop up with the disconnect and it would just stop you dead, you know. You just drop to zero mile an hour. And if you were in the middle of a skill chain and you, you're, you're racking it up, it, all of that got wiped. It's yeah. Quite jarring, and it's and that was quite frustrating. It was almost like actually just. I should just go and play solo, just disconnect everything, just so I can get a, you know a nice consistent experience. Which is an option. Uh, and it is an option. Um, and they kind of did some fixes in the background, which seemed to address it. But then when when Tuesday came and everything, you know, everybody jumped on. Um, you know, it kind of became more, you know, more noticeable again. Um, it's just a shame that that we've had a couple of races which which have worked well, and then it just. Degrades. Yeah, you get a glimpse of what can and is yeah. possible. And actually, if you play as an individual, things are a lot better. I've had a sort of online session yesterday with just no party play or anything, just went straight into the online events. And actually, they were very solid and, and good fun. Um, the 
that we were supposed to have a hotfix this weekend, um, but unfortunately that got delayed and has been pushed back. They found an issue with that hotfix, and rather than push it out, and they they had to stop and backtrack and say no, it's going to be next week before you get that. Uh, that is looking to address some of these issues, but it's it's been a bit of a yeah. So the online bit is definitely not ready yet for full on consumer usage, and unfortunately the game is released, so it's just it is what it is. But it, you know, it's it's a great sign that there's so many people playing it because some of the game modes require lots of people for it to make it exciting and interesting and uh, and vibrant. And it certainly is quite vibrant. There's a few other things going on in the background, like there's um, some money hacks that people are using. So you're going to receive quite a few barn gifts. So you get players can gift cars to everyone else, and and quite a lot of them are Willis Jeeps because they've someone's figured out that that's the cheapest way to get super wheel spins, which then mean that you earn more money from the spin than it costs you to buy the the Willis Jeep. So it's little things like that, which again, I'm sure they didn't do, think about that when no. you know in a game that gives you money. It, I mean, it basically chucks money at you, it chucks cars at you, it chucks everything at you. It's not, it's not it doesn't hold back. It never feels difficult to do anything in the game. No. In fact, to a fault almost. It doesn't. Nothing ever feels like an achievement. It just feels a bit more like a grind. And that, and that's a bit I feel about. It can just feel a bit as a, a bit needy, a bit grindy. Um, I think the, the 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 best thing I could say is go to the map and use the filters. Um, just felt you know focus on what you want to do and just use the filters because if you don't do that it's just it's just a mess it just was like wow that's just so much um, too much to think about yeah uh, I didn't the, the hack that I did see and I was like that is pretty khaki that nobody thought this would happen is um, you can basically turn on auto steering um, you can turn on auto braking um, <laughs> and that people are setting up is it Goliath is the longest kind of and you can and they just put again in their triggers held back and then hold that, the and trigger back. Um, you turn off damage. You turn you turn the competitors <laughs> off to zero as well. So they're and you just leave it on, and people are coming back to like you know fifty million credits because you can set it up for sixty laps, so it runs for like twenty hours. And and it's fine if they want to go and do that. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fixed. But ultimately, yeah. like I say, the game chucks so much cash at you anyway. What are you going to do? You're going to go buy another house, which you could get in a couple of races anyway. So and I think it's up you, to you whether you want I to think, game the system. But yeah. the system's not. It's not like a freaking auction house no, in, and, and in the, WoW, which is supposed to be balanced. And, and the thing is, you can do that. You know, you've, you you could do that once or twice. Loads of credits, but ultimately, what um, do you do with them? You, you know, the online bit's a bit broken right now. So yes, you can go and buy your cars, go and do what you need to do. You can buy all the houses, but all you're doing is kind of finishing the game probably three, four weeks quicker than other folk. I don't think probably it's, not even that. Yeah, I don't think it's really particularly buying you much advantage at all. I don't, I, there's nothing you can do with the cash at the moment that, no. that really sees an advantage. No, I'm sitting. Right? I've got three, four million, you know, credits. I'm buying what I need to buy. I'm it just it just slowly ticks up. Um, the, the only thing I have I, another negative, and it's not huge, but I just found the showcases didn't hit home as well as fours and i don't know if it's because four was in the uk but i just felt that some of the showcases were a bit like ah well you know exactly what they're going to be as ah. well you just in effect you just have to drive and yeah. you just have and almost you're supposed to just enjoy them as an event and they're almost an interactive cutscene, aren't they so but but equally yeah you don't ever feel really truly involved in it you don't feel like there's any jeopardy and you, um, and you, you need know, to remember pretty... as well there'll be new players coming to it so there'll be new players yeah, that absolutely. haven't seen a showcase and they'll be like look at this 
Yeah, it will. And, and yeah, if you take a step back and don't think about four, yeah, it's yeah. Like I just, it's just thought, one... like the Vulcan in four was quite impressively done, and maybe that's because yeah. I would, you know, if you've heard the Vulcan in real life, you'd be like, ah, oh, okay, that's nice. You really done. captured it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the final thing, graphics. Yeah, I think it is great. Performance mode is what we've both sort of ended up using. It does have some quite severe pop up uh, occasionally. You, you will notice it uh, when you're zipping along. Uh, you know, things like trees can appear out of nowhere and you could crash into them. Um, and equally, I think the graphics in 4 in some areas was definitely stronger. Like nighttime in the UK of, of 4 was, was definitely darker for one. And the, it had sort of dynamic shadows that are just not present in this. I haven't turned on graphical mode to check whether the dynamic shadows happen when you're in that, that you know the other mode yet but um overall i mean it's such a pretty game it doesn't make any difference but it's just little things like that which i've noticed that there's some differences and i thought some of the things were stronger or, or dealt with better in in four um but overall the scale of five and the draw distances and the fact that you can sit and look across old massive planes of you know and the distinct areas that the, you know it has a very impressive indeed and it's said for me as well, another, um, you know, big tick for Game Pass, big tick for Xbox. So I think Xbox for the last Massive. three, four years have always, you know, to criticise it for a lack of first party content. Um, I think, you know, so obviously Microsoft spent billions to address this, but they are addressing it. You know, this is the best driving game by far across all driving genres. I'd say. I, yeah. I, I don't think you get too many people arguing with that. No, but, it, but all of us, all of us, try to say in post was, you know, you've got. You've got Forza now, you've got Halo dropping next month. Um, Massive. And, and again, if you look on the Sony platform, they're they are desperately talking about you know Horizon West, and they're talking about um, GT7. Wasn't that delayed the other day? But they're, all, they're all March and April. So they're dropping all mm. this, you know, this is coming, this is coming, this is coming. And I think the difference with Microsoft is it's like, yep, and we've got it's this, here. it's here. You can go and do it now. You just can't buy a console. But <laughs> you can. Yeah, you can't, you can't play it. <laughs> but then again, you can play all these games on your older console anyway. So, uh, yeah. uh, okay, at reduced fidelity, whatever. But nevertheless, that's another you know massive advantage at the moment with that at Microsoft is the fact that you can play these games on PC. You can play them on your old and Xbox console and or you can play them on the latest hardware. That's what I was going to throw in about the PC as well. You know, So we've got, we've got um, Dave playing on PC. Um, you know, looks stunning. So it's not all tied to being on the latest Xbox console. They are still though learning how do you integrate these two platforms together. It is not a smooth experience at the moment, and I'm wondering whether PC integration and PC gamers have some of the problems um, that we're seeing are because of that. PC Master Race. Uh, one one thing just in Game Pass. So they have announced this week that they're going to launch a new Xbox client on. And Windows, which will allow games to be more treated like Steam games. So one of the problems that people have seen is if you install Game Pass games, it just eats up disk and you can't you can't undelete. You can't choose where you put it. Nope. You can't delete it. You can't do anything. Um, yeah, they're addressing right. that. So hopefully before Christmas that'll be out. And I think that's a big step to make because that's been like the biggest negative around Microsoft's kind of Game Pass experience in PC. Lovely. That is all we've got for today. So um, if you want to find out more about us, who we are, digitaloutbox.com, info at digitaloutbox.com for email, Twitter, digitaloutbox. I am on Twitter as Cheesy UK, although I hardly ever post. Uh, Ian, where do we find you? Iandeck.com, but I hardly ever post. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> Yay, the social revolution. Right, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for getting all the way to the end of the podcast. And we'll speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye.
all I say is meta and wetter and wang and 